What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and today is Friday, December 3rd, 2021. We are entering into week 13 of the 2021 NFL season. The Dolphins facing the New York Giants this weekend in search of their sixth win of the year. What are some trends from last week that we want to continue to see carry over into this week? That's a great question. That's what we're going to talk about here on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen of the day pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. Lots of great options out there. Lots of great people in this space. And to hear from so many of you uh, this past week with Spotify um, week and the music and, and podcast in reviews and to see so many of you who uh, have just taken this ride with me on Locked on Dolphins. It was very humbling and uh, greatly appreciate everybody who listens, whether you listen once a week, once a month, once a year, uh, but would highly recommend uh, doing the daily gig because it's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Uh, today on the show, got a chance to work through the All-22 of last contest against the Carolina Panthers. Saw some notable trends, some new things for Miami that uh, kind of caught my eye. And there are things that I hope we continue to see as far as uh, trends and, and some things that I think need to change and we should be looking for to change if the Dolphins are going to continue this strong run that they are, they are on. And I want to start with this. It's my opinion. The most important personnel change that we can see between now, or I should say last Sunday, and this Sunday against the Giants to increase the Dolphins' likelihood of not only winning against the Giants, but the most important personnel change that we can see versus what we've had the last couple of weeks to help this stretch run continue for Miami, in my opinion, is getting Michael Dieter back at center. And it's, it's partly because Michael Dieter played really well when he was in the starting lineup as the team's starting center to open the year. But it's also in part because Austin Ryder has really struggled the last couple of weeks. Obviously, there were the snap issues last week, and that was really amplifying his play. But even going back to the first Jets game, there's been a lot of penetration that has been given up inside. And when you're watching the Dolphins and they're trying to implement pullers and they're trying to get some power concepts going in the running game, and you got a three technique, with a pulling guard, and the center is responsible for a back block on that three technique. You've got a really advantageous angle when the ball is designed to go away from the three tech on the other side of the center. And yet, there were multiple instances of that three technique stepping down, or even when he was in an inside alignment and he was in a two. It's still a favorable angle for the center stepping down and beating Austin Ryder across his face to follow the puller and making a tackle for a negligible gain on plays that otherwise 
really could have been really big runs for the Dolphins in the run game. We've kind of seen the Dolphins offensive line uh, come alive a little bit with some push in the ground game. And, and obviously what they were able to do this past week against Carolina, uh, very, very promising 26 points offensively, 33 points overall, thanks to the blocked punt. And, um, the, the run game got had a little juice to it. And we don't know if we're going to have Philip Lindsay this week. I know he, he missed practice yesterday, uh, and was limited the day before, but that play at the center position between the snaps and the inability to secure blocks and then also the upfield penetration that's being allowed, getting more stable play there, and you have a guy who's practicing and is eligible to come off of IR. Getting him back in the lineup could really be a big boost to kind of take this positive momentum that you've seen build because Robert Hunt's playing really well. Austin Jackson, hey, it's stabilized, and, and he's not a home run player. And, and that's obviously disappointing when it's the number 18 overall pick in the, the 2020 draft. But his play is at least to some degree stabilized, and it's going better than I ever anticipated it would inside. And he's been okay. And if you get Michael Dieter back between those two guys and that interior trio can really be an athletic group that all is capable of creating push up front. I like what that can do for the Dolphins offensively. We've obviously talked about the wide receiver position and what to expect, what not to expect. Another observation I've had about the skill group, and it was pre prevalent uh, this, this past weekend against Carolina in my eyes, was I think it's going to be really beneficial for the Dolphins to try to find the right opportunities to continue to mix Hunter Long in the offensive tight end personnel groupings. They, they run a ton of 12 personnel. Obviously, Adam Shaheen's been limited. He's got an injury issue that he's dealing with. Um, Mike Gusecki in, in passing downs, not really a guy who's consistently attached to the set. But you watch Durham Smythe, and I think I understand why Hunter Long's been a, a slow play, and it's because they really ask a lot of the primary actual Y tight end, which is not Mike. Mike is uh, an F or times an H designation. He's He'd like to think of himself probably when you consider he might get the franchise tag this offseason. He might like to think of himself as a wide receiver altogether. Durham Smythe is the primary Y tight end on the roster. And they ask him to do a lot, a lot of motions, a lot of concepts, working across the set in the backfield, protections, run blocks, picking up guys on the move. I get it. That's a lot for a rookie. Uh, so I understand, and I think that's probably why we've seen Hunter Long kind of be a slow add-on and some frustrating inactives for him. But you watch him block, and he can win at the point of attack. He can win one-on-ones. He's blocking uh, Carolina Panthers defensive ends and winning as compared to, to Durham Smythe, who Dolphins were, never run toss, right? They, we saw toss for a couple of reps this past weekend against Carolina. You got some speed options in the backfield and pullers and Durham Smythe getting out in front of that. And he's getting knocked back uh, by the Panthers third safety on the depth chart, who was wearing a cast on his hand. And I mean, you, you've got a 40, 45 pound advantage on that guy. You'd like to see you control that situation a little better. Whereas I've seen Hunter long on a couple of reps on the all 22 actually just, okay. It's a simple assignment. 
but you're going to block this guy right in front of you. And he does well in those instances. And that for me has kind of jumped out as something that I'd love to see them continue to find simplified ways to get him involved. And I, I don't think it's realistic for us to expect that he's going to pass Durham Smythe at this point. Durham, to his credit, knows all of his responsibilities and he gives them the opportunity conceptually to do things, whether or not the execution's there or not is a different story. Um, but getting Hunter Long and continuing to get him involved in the offense, uh, in the run game particularly, to continue to give them more juice on the ground game, I think is something that that I'd really like to see. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Noble for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get all the latest episodes of your favorite shows, including Locked On Dolphins, all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. It's the holiday season, and make sure for your loved ones, you grab them a box or two or three or four of the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich in decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. With so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, you name it. They got a little something for everybody. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all those holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, the Built Bar can give you that little extra something you need to keep going. So throw it in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. The world's most delicious protein bar. Continuing with uh, observations and trends that we saw last week on the film that I want to continue to see for Miami. Uh, I love to see more of Jalen Wall in the three strong alignment. Um, what I mean by three strong is you go three by one set and you go trips to one side, preferably to the perimeter or to the field, not to the boundary. So you got more space to work. And that third receiver, the one who is not the one all the way on the outside or the one in the middle, but the one closest to the quarterback, but detached from the set in a three wide receiver set. That's that three strong alignment. Get Jalen Waddle in that spot more. And I know that's a tough thing for Miami to balance sometimes because that's really ideally where Mike Gusecki is going to line up too. And you can put Mike on the backside in a one-on-one if you need to. And it looked like I had some criticisms earlier in the week, or critiques, I should say, earlier in the week for um, Miami looked like they ran a drive concept. And uh, Tua looked like he missed Albert Wilson on a third down across the middle, where if he would have worked off his first progression a little bit quicker, he could have seen that and just kind of dropped that over the top uh, for an easy completion for Albert Wilson. It looked like he was looking for Mike working an out route to the sticks uh, on that play. So took a little bit of time to figure out if Mike was going to get separation at the top of the route. I get it. Um, and I think as Miami continues to, they continue to build trust 
you know, he'll, he'll trust his other guys and be more willing to, to work off what he feels is a money matchup and work through his progressions a little bit quicker. But that was just a follow-up that I had from earlier in the week. Um, but Jalen in that three strong spot can cause a, create a lot of stress. He can also create a lot of stress in the red zone. And I really like what they did on the touchdown reception. Uh, Dan Orlovsky had a great explanation of the play conceptually and from a coverage perspective, how you get down in the, the low red zone. And um, when you get into a stack set, uh, instead of banjoing and passing off with, with two guys, you're going to get a lot more zone with eyes on the quarterback to, to squeeze throwing windows. And uh, when they, they motion Mike Kosecki in and they had those guys tight and stacked, uh, Carolina boxed the coverage. So there was a guy that was responsible for high and outside, low and outside, low and inside, high and outside. And what they did was they ran Gasecki on the corner and they had Jalen running the same route stem. And we have some criticisms and we've had some criticisms this season for Miami running their routes too congested. Uh, but in the red zone in which space is at a premium anyway, to put two route stems on the same line and use one to lift and influence the guys that are capable of squeezing that sit route that, that Jalen ran right on the goal line. That's a good use of congested space because you're influencing the coverage with one route to create a certain coverage advantage for another really good anticipation on that throw it was on the money. Uh, so that was something I do think is worth mentioning because a lot of times we've had critiques about how Miami is spacing the field and where their wide receivers are lining up and how much room there is to work. And I thought that was a pretty crafty and savvy way to kind of flood the route stem and create a certain kind of coverage call that allowed you to throw with anticipation into a tight spot. Nice job. Very nice job. Uh, they did a couple other new things. Uh, they, they ran kind of this um, muddle huddle where they were, they were a little closer to the offensive or to the ball and they broke the ball quickly and everybody got right up and they started quick snapping. And they did that a couple of times and they did that down in the red zone on the miles Gaskin touchdown and wildcat because they went with an unbalanced line. So what they did was they came out of the set and they had Jesse Davis boom on the front side is the play side tight end lined up outside of Liam Eikenberg. And on the back side, it was center, Robert Hunt, and then Hunter Long, Durham Smythe. And Carolina came out, and they had two guys walked up. They, they had whoever was responsible for the A-gap was there. And then they had two guys walked up as if they were both playing press coverage over each one of those tight ends. And then there was another guy who was stacked behind that. It's like you had four, four players to the left of the, to the right of the center with one offensive lineman in that frame. I don't think they realized it was an unbalanced line because if they did, obviously when you go unbalanced like that, Hunter Long is not an eligible pass receiver in that concept. Meanwhile, Jesse Davis, you've got an extra offensive lineman to the front on the play side and they bloom off the ball. And there was, they they had a they had more offensive linemen than Carolina had total defenders on that side of the center. And I think that was really amplified because Miami broke the huddle quickly, got up on the ball, and they quick snapped it. So that's obviously been something we, we haven't seen the Dolphins been able to do too much of because there's been times where they couldn't get lined up. 
They didn't know where they were supposed to be. If the install, which obviously took a little longer than we would have hoped, is at that point, and Miami can start doing that when they start hiding some of these wrinkles, you can have some nice advantages. And I would love to see that muddle huddle continue that quick snap and take advantage and get up to the ball. Don't give them a bunch of chances to make adjustments, right? Because one thing that Miami did a really great job of this past weekend was there was a lot of motion. There was a lot of eyes in the backfield. There was a lot of eye candy, misdirection. It, it really almost reminded me of what like some of the college – option offenses look like or wing T offenses where you're, you're pulling guys and you've got jet motion going the other way. And then there's a mesh point read and the quarterback can pull it and drop it off to a guy underneath where he can give the ball. And it, it, that was a pretty active game plan for Miami as far as action in the backfield, testing eye discipline, really slowing down the speed of Carolina by forcing them to diagnose what's going on in the backfield by giving them extra to look at. Do that every week, right? Like do that every single week because if you start doing that and you find we've got a speed advantage, then you can take that jet motion and you can take those quick motions and go those guys running at the snap of the ball and find ways to get them the ball quickly and rely on your athletes because Philip Lindsay, he's got juice and he's got fresh legs. Savan Ahmed has not been very involved, and he was more involved this past weekend than I can remember him being in a lot of games this season. Albert Wilson, maybe not capable of finishing 60-plus yard catch and runs, looking at the Baltimore game. But, you know, he's he's been very involved in the screen game with a lot of jet motion at the snap, and whether he's turning that up the sideline and running wheel, or he's going to stop, and then they're going to tunnel screen it, and the, the tunnel screen that they did run, they, they got backed up a little bit and they tried to run a screen to the uh, to the boundary for him. Would love to see him, because he caught that ball and he turned straight upfield. But Miami had free releases because that's literally just a shotgun catch and shoot from Tua. Would love to see him kind of roll that back inside and tuck back up inside those blockers. Now those blockers need to do a little bit of a better job. And sorry, you guys are getting the full download of just as things are coming back to me, they're getting thrown on here on the podcast from, from watching the film this week. Um, there were a couple of instances when they did go screen game that I thought the offensive lineman came a little flat down the line of scrimmage. Um, Austin Jackson, Eyes are at a 45-degree angle. He's working upfield. Robert Hunt, eyes are at a 45-degree angle. He's working upfield. Austin Ryder, his eyes are straight down the line of scrimmage looking at the sideline. And he kind of got bumped by one of the other guys getting out there. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like we're working upfield. But by then, at that point, the pursuit, because he had come flat, the pursuit was able to come underneath of him and run down the ball from, from underneath, where if he had been upfield to begin with, either could have walled that off or at least forced them to reroute and bubble and really come underneath of it so that they were behind the ball and trailing it and not able to make the play. But conceptually, I thought this was the most creative game plan we've seen from Miami. Uh, a lot of wrinkles. And if this is what it's supposed to look like, keep building on this. Keep doing all of this. Keep adding new layers and wrinkles to this. Um, the third down play with the speed option, pretty savvy. Uh, that, that we've seen 
there's a lot of new to the calls. And I think that's great. And I would love to see all of that continue to really kind of freeze defenses and prevent them from sitting on glance slant, give the ball, or slant flat. BetOnline has you covered all season for with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of your sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is where the game starts. My last couple of observations, they're on the defensive side of the ball. Not just an offensive brain dump today for me. Um, Jerome Baker playing outside linebacker in your base defense I like it. I like it a lot. So in the early downs, and they've done that, they did this against Cam slash PJ Walker. Welcome back, Cam. And against Lamar on Thursday night, we saw your bare front, so three down linemen occupying the interior three offensive linemen, two stack backers behind him, and two walked up outside linebackers. So it's a base four three look. Now, Miami ran some one high with that and had Nick Needham that was kind of pseudo playing for uh, strong safety. And he'd sometimes be back in two high looks, sometime walked up in the nickel and they'd, they'd push the, the free safety Javon in the middle of the field. But I really like the opportunity to get Duke Rilo in the field. He's playing good football for this team right now. Really good football for this team right now within the role that he's been given. And you're seeing that flash most when they walk guys up and mug gaps, so they'll go three down linemen and two backers mugged up over top of the guards. And then they'll usually turn and bail out. Uh, Duke's been really good in, in that space. And that, that was the big hit that he had. I think it was the opening possession where he cleaned, I think it was DJ Moore's clock when they tried to run, run slant backed up uh, before the block punt. Uh, that was a scenario like that. But then also, Elan and Robertson, Duke Riley as the stack backers, and Jerome Baker. You know, against Lamar, it was it was obviously because you, you want guys with speed on the perimeter that can run, right? But against Cam, Cam didn't have a lot of opportunities to pull and try and get outside. But Carolina did tr- try to do a couple of things, including uh, what looked like a a sweep without a pistol was offset pistol where he cam gave to the back that was next to him and the back stack behind him ran an option track where they effectively ran speed option out of pistol formation. And Jerome did a really nice job playing that on the edge and he recognized it and seeing him kind of handle those pitch opportunities on the outside really jumped off to me. And the other thing that that jumped off to me and that I thought this was relatively new as far as the success that they had with it, we've seen the return of the dancing seven. Well, now we've seen the drop seven group. 
There were a couple of instances in this game where the Dolphins went with four down linemen and dropped seven into coverage, and they had success heating up the opposing quarterback and manufacturing pressure. And it was Emmanuel Agba, no surprise. Andrew Van Ginkle, hand in the dirt defensive end. Not really surprised. He, I think his best role is as a situational speed pass rusher. He lit Cam up on one play. Adam Butler at the defensive tackle spot in, in the A-gap. Not really a surprise, right? He came here as a, a pass rush specialist interior defensive lineman, specialized in the, the 5-0 package and the stunts that they run and ran in New England with Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. And Jalen Phillips. At three technique. That was the big one. And you had Agba and Phillips next to each other in rush situations. And you did an organic, organic four-man pass rush with that drop seven to play zone and coverage. And you had those guys rushing the passer and had success doing it. And the nice thing about this is you can do this with the exact same personnel that you have with the dancing seven. So no defensive coordinator is going to see the personnel that's out on the field and know, oh, okay, they're going to play drop seven holes until you get up to the line of scrimmage and you see it. But the four man group of Agba, Phillips, Butler, and Van Ginkle really created a lot of chaos. And if they have that change up to go with their fastball out of the same personnel groupings, that is really enticing as we come down the home stretch to see Miami be able to keep opposing offenses on their heels as far as calling plays and understanding and anticipating what's coming. Never mind the fact that you do look at the quarterback situations of the teams that we have coming up. We're either going to get Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon. It's still reportedly going to be Mike Glennon. That's the expected starter this weekend, although Daniel Jones is practicing on a limited basis. A rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson, presumably, after the bye week with the Jets. Jameis Winston's out for the year for the Saints, so this is either going to be Taysom Hill, who played last night, or Trevor Simeon. And then you get Ryan, like Ryan Tannehill's the next quarterback that's an established, accomplished, top half of the league starting quarterback in the NFL. And then you have another rookie quarterback in, in Mac Jones after that, who hopefully you'll have a lot of new things to show him versus week one. Having the layers is important, and we're starting to see some of these layers manifest themselves for Miami. You got to love it. It's like I love hearing from each and every one of you. Whether you're watching on the YouTube stream, please like the video, hit subscribe on the channel. That way you'll always know when these videos go live, uh, including when we do live streams. Or you're listening to the podcast feed, please Hit subscribe on the podcast. Love hearing from each and every one of you. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, let's go get another dub. Giants, Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. I know I'm looking forward to it as much as you guys are. Let's go get another dub. Let's continue this momentum that this team has built. And I will talk to you guys after Sunday's game for all of my reactions about Dolphins Week 13 performance. Fins up. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.